Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Listen to Less. Today is a fun episode, so I wanted to talk about how to talk to your man about your cycle, both in terms of like what to expect hormonally, analogies to use, both to like to expect energetically, and then also. I'm going to bring Drew on for like the last 15 minutes of the episode to talk about kind of how to help talk to your significant other about like to just have the conversation about getting off of birth control, how to make your man feel more comfortable about it so that they can understand like the importance of getting off of birth control if that's what you want to do and still being able to have, you know, safe sex and not get pregnant if that is not what your goal is. So he's going to come on and talk to us towards the end of the episode. Um, He is a little bit camera shy, even though there's no camera, he's a little bit microphone shy. So just know that, Um, but we're going to get into it. So I want to give you an analogy to start off with first of how to talk to your significant other about the different phases of your cycle and what that means for you and how you're going to be. So if we think of your cycle, technically there's three phases, right? We have follicular, we have ovulation, which is like a day, and then we have luteal. But in terms of the analogy I'm gonna give you today, I'm gonna talk about it in four stages based, I think of it as like, weeks in the month. So if we start like your cycle on the first day of the month and end it on like day 30, we've got four weeks in there. That's what I'm going to talk about. But also just know that um, your cycle can change like because not every month has the same amount of days. So you may start on a different day each month and that's totally normal. It doesn't mean that your period is late or early. Um, You should go by the cycle days, not the days of the month. Okay. All right. So week one, is menstruation. So this is part of your follicular phase, but this is when you're bleeding. Okay. So we're going to relate this to the seasons of the year. Okay. Menstruation week one is similar to winter. Okay. This is when our hormones are at their lowest point. You are on your period. This is where you're going to want more isolation. You're going to be a little bit less social, a little bit more withdrawn, probably want to be less active. You're going to be more tired. So the way that you can use this analogy with your significant other is your period is like winter. So what activities do you want to do during the winter seasons of the year? You usually want to be inside. You don't necessarily want to be super active. You want to more so cuddle up under blankets and lay on the couch and watch some TV. And that's usually what you want to do during the winter, right? Or like read a book by a fire. That's what you're going to feel like on your period. Even in the summer, you're going to feel like it's winter, okay? So that's week one. Week two would be after your period ends and you're in your follicular phase still. So technically week one and two are both your follicular phase, but week two is the second half of your follicular phase. This is going to be more like springtime. This is where estrogen and testosterone are rising. You're going to feel like you're coming out of hibernation. You're going to feel more energetic, more social, happier, and more active, right? So if we think about the seasons of the year, 
after winter is over and we we have that like first 65 degree day and it's sunny, we want to go outside. We want to run a marathon. We want to like do all of the things. We want to be super social. We want to go have brunch with our girls. We want to have a wine night. Like we want to do all of it on that first warm day of spring post winter. That's what your follicular phase is like. Okay. It's the spring. It's where you've, you've been in lockup all winter, but now the sun is shining the, the flowers are blooming and you're getting very excited to just be social again. Okay. So this is the second half of your follicular phase spring. Then we have week three. Week three is where you're ovulating, but also after ovulation and like early luteal phase. So this is where you are in summer. Okay. So this is when you are ovulating estrogen and testosterone are at their ultimate peak. They're at the highest peak that they are going to be at your entire cycle. You're going to feel the most energetic. You're going to feel the strongest in the gym. You're going to feel the most social. You're going to feel the happiest. You're going to be the most active. This is where you're going to want to go outside. You're going to do all the things. Think of summertime. Like during the summer months, you are wanting to go travel. You're going to want to be in a bikini. You're going to want to be on vacation. You're going to want to do all of that stuff. That is what it's like to be in your ovulatory zone or like the early luteal where you just ovulated and you're just a couple days past where estrogen and testosterone are still kind of at their highest. But then you also have progesterone entering the scene. This is like summer, okay? And then after summer, we go into fall, which is week four of the month, also known as like your late luteal phase. So summer is kind of like the early luteal phase. Then week four or fall is the late luteal phase. This is where you're going to have most of your PMS. A lot of women experience PMS before they start. And then once they start their period, they actually feel better. So this is where you're in fall, that week right before like the five, six, seven days before you start bleeding. This is where progesterone is the dominant hormone, but it is starting to drop, okay? Um, in between week three and week four is when progesterone is highest. And then as week four goes on, the closer you get to your period, progesterone is starting to drop, okay? And so then you might notice an increase in anxiety, an increase in depressive feelings, or being more irritable, this is where you can't always put a reason to your emotions. You're not really sure why you feel the way you do. It's just strictly a hormonal response. You're going to feel more tired and more fatigued. So I want you to think of how do you feel in the season of fall? While us fall girlies like myself, we love fall. We don't necessarily love PMSing, but in the fall, this is where the weather's starting to get cooler. We want to start bundling up and like watch Harry Potter on the couch vibes, right? We've been in summer for long enough. Now we're just ready to like go inside and hibernate a little bit. This is where you're at in your late luteal phase, okay? So this is the fall season. I did do a graphic post on my Instagram a while back of like, just so you can visually see what I'm talking about with the different phases of your cycle correlating to the different um, seasons. So I will link that Instagram post in the show notes so you can click on that and see that visual and even send that to your significant other if you want them to see a visual while you explain this. But it, to kind of recap, we have winter is during your period, spring is the second half of your follicular, summer is your ovulation or right after, and then fall is your late luteal phase when you start PMSing again. And this is a really good way to 
describe the phases of your cycle to your significant other because their cycle is a 24-hour cycle. They don't go through the seasons. They feel like summer every single day. Of course, your man might feel tired if you like didn't sleep and whatnot, but in general, his testosterone resets every single day. They're on a 24-hour clock, not a month-long clock. So they just have, so you can explain that to them this way too. Be like, you are in summer all the time. I am not. I go through a winter, a spring, a summer, and a fall every single month, whereas you are just in summer. And that may put it into perspective of like, okay, this is why there's so many things going on. There's always jokes about why women are so much more susceptible to like GI issues or hormonal issues and whatnot. It's because of our hormones fluctuating every single month as much as they do. We are not as stable hormonally as a man is because we are going through so many changes every single, like every single day, your hormone levels are going to look different. There's not a single day that replicates itself the next day because you're always moving towards either ovulation or the shedding of that egg and that lining. So hormones are either on the rise or they're on the fall. They're never just stagnant for multiple days in a row. They're either climbing up or they're climbing down over the course of a month. Another analogy that I, this is a video, which I'll also link this video to my Instagram so that you can see this video that I just posted recently about explaining the difference in energy levels um, between a man and a woman. So obviously we just did an analogy talking about all the different things of how you're going to feel, but I'm talking strictly just like waking up the morning feeling energetic because we know as women that there are definitely weeks during our cycle where we're just so tired. It's like, doesn't matter how much sleep we get. We're just so tired. And then there's other weeks where we wake up and I'm like, during my follicular phase, I'm like, I don't even need coffee. I am good. But then during my uh, luteal phase, I'm like, wow, I slept for nine hours and I'm still really just feeling slow and tired. And like, I, it's like, I'm walking slower than I was a week ago. So I want you to imagine, and like I said, I'll link the video to the actual, um, representation that I did of this analogy, but I, want you to imagine that I have four cups, like drinking water cups sitting in front of you in a row. Okay. Now I want you to imagine that all of those cups are filled to the brim with water. This represents week one through week four of the month. Okay. Once again, think of your cycle as if you started on day one of the month and you're ending on day 30 of the month. Okay. These represents the four weeks in the month. This is a man's energy levels. His energy level is the same every single day, every single week of the month. It doesn't differ. I mean, of course, if he gets like poor sleep or he's overworked or something, but in general, hormonally, he's reset and he wakes up with the same energy he did yesterday all throughout the entire month, okay? Now, I want you to imagine that the first cup is like mm, half full, maybe less, okay? The second cup, which is your second week of your cycle, it's full to the brim. The third cup, it's like three-fourths the way full. And then the last cup is half, maybe a quarter full. That is a woman's energy level throughout the days of the month. So if you think of day one of your cycle as think of your energy level at zero. And then as you work through the month and the days go on, the closer you get to day 15, 
your ovulation could change depending on who you are, but for the purpose of this analogy, we're going to say you ovulate on day 15. Your energy level climbs from day one, it's at a zero. And then we go up, 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 up every day, energy creeps up and then peak, you hit ovulation day 15. And then every day from day 15 to day 30, it goes down, 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 down. So your energy level is not a horizontal line like a man's. It is a triangle where it starts low, it works its way up halfway through the month, and then after you hit that halfway mark, it works its way back down. And you're going up and down this triangle every single month while a man is just coasting this horizontal line of energy his entire life, okay? So this can be another really helpful visual if you uh, go to the video on linked to my Instagram to show your significant other how your energy levels differ. Now, why is this important for them to understand? One, because personally, like if you're if your husband is the one or your boyfriend or your significant other is the one that makes a lot of the plans, um, that can be helpful for them to know because I don't want to do anything the few days before my period or the day of my period. Like I don't want to go see people. I want to be just the two of us at home or even just by myself. Like I don't want to go get dressed up and look cute. I want to be in my cute pajamas at home with a face mask on, drinking my raspberry leaf tea and reading my book or watching reality TV, okay? That's all I wanna be doing. So it can be helpful for them to understand your energy levels for plans and making plans with his family or his friends or your friends in general or date nights. And then you know, okay, hey, I'm gonna be really low energy during this phase of my cycle. So this is where I like to be, I like to be alone. I don't really like to do things that are gonna require me to like put a front on and be energetic when I don't want to be. I'll give you a step further. I do this in my business where I look every month, okay, what days are like the three days leading up to my period in the first two days of my period? So it's like a five-day window. I block off my schedule so nobody can book a call with me because those days I don't want to be talking to other people. I want to be working like behind the scenes in my business, doing stuff that like is maybe busy work. I don't want to be trying to like put forth my best energy on us on a zoom call with people. So I usually block off my schedule. So nobody can book a call with me at all during that phase of my cycle. So there's things that you can do with your own life and scheduling your own work and social life around that time. But also you can let your significant other know so that it's easier for him to understand where you're at, what you're going to want to do. And it's nothing against him. It's nothing against your friends or your family or his family. It's just where you're at hormonally and how you want to go about spending that time so that you can rest and be rejuvenated um, to do what the necessities of your day and not waste your energy on socializing when you still like have to go to work. You know what I mean? You get it. When Drew comes on later in this episode, I we both kind of mentioned like education and that's how you should talk to your partner is just like educate them. And this episode specifically is not like a deep dive into how to track your cycle and how to track your ovulation and all of that. I will link in the show notes a past episode where I did a deep dive on that. So you can go listen to that episode. But when talking to your person and presenting the idea of getting off of birth control so that they feel more comfortable while it 100% 
percent is your right. It is your body. Um, so it is your right and your decision ultimately to get off birth control. That is how I view it. I view it as the woman's choice and the, your significant other should do everything in his power to educate himself so that he can back you up and support you in whatever way, um, is necessary because, most cases, not all cases, it is an elective medication and it is a medication that can have a lot of side effects and ramifications. And if you don't want to be on it, then you do not have to be on it. So it is your choice. But with that comes also educating yourself on how your cycle works if pregnancy is not what you want. So we do know that you can only get pregnant technically within a 24-hour window. However, sperm lives in the reproductive tract for up to five to six days. So there is a six-ish day window um, during your later follicular phase leading up to ovulation, which is um, an egg releasing from your ovaries and is viable for 24 hours that you have to be able to track and be aware of in order to get off of birth control safely um, and not have an unplanned pregnancy if you do not want to. So go ahead and listen to that episode where I talk more about how to track your ovulation, how to track your cycle, because it is very important, especially if one reason that you are hesitant to get off is because you are nervous about getting pregnant. I have been off for three years now, and Drew and I, we were dating, engaged, and now married during that time frame. And we've been sexually active the whole time and I've never had a scare. So it is very much possible to track your ovulation. It just takes a little bit of a learning curve and actually doing it. It's really not that difficult once you do it. You just have to take your temperature um, in the morning, which is really simple. It sounds like I think people make it more difficult than it is. It's really simple to do. It doesn't take but 60 seconds or less to do this. Um, and then potentially tracking your or peeing on ovulation sticks, which is also not that difficult to do. So informing yourself and educating yourself on how to track ovulation before you present the idea to your husband might not be, and I keep saying husband because I have a husband, but your significant other, um, it might not be a bad idea to educate yourself fully on the topic so that when you present this to your significant other, you can lay them you can give them the facts right there so that they feel comfortable, they feel safe, and they are then know, oh, hey, she can't get pregnant just any single time that we have sex. Um, and I think that is going to give you, both of you, both parties, a better understanding of what it means to get off birth control. And it's just the conversation is going to go a lot easier when you have that education versus coming into it saying like, I don't know anything about my cycle, but I want to get off and then having to do the education, it just might save you some time and some potentially like tough conversations if you do the education piece first before presenting the idea to your partner. And then once you do that, your partner should be able to be on board with understanding this with you and kind of either helping on like helping do the research with you so that you guys can do this together as a partnership or how Drew and I have kind of do it. And he mentions this later on in the episode. I've done all the education myself. I kind of lead the way and he just follows and he does what I say. And when there's certain times of my cycle, I'm like, Hey, right now it's a no zone. He's like, okay, got it. I, I captain. He's not giving me grief about it. He's just like, you know, your body, I'm listening to you. You tell me what I need to do or what I cannot do right now. And that's, that's it. It's as simple as that. So 
let's jump into, let's bring Drew on um, the episode and he can kind of give you some, he's going to talk a little bit about what it was like for us, me getting off and what helped him. And then also advice to talk to how to talk to your significant other. And at the end, he does give a little piece of advice to the guys out there that are like nervous about the topic. Okay. So let's get into it. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors, Clear Stem Skincare. You've probably seen me posting a lot about this. I have been using Clear Stem for years. I actually have a highlight on my Instagram page back from, I think it was 2021, using all Clear Stem products. So I have been using them for a couple of years before they became a sponsor of me and the show. And this is like when they reached out and they were like, we want to partner with you. I was so excited because I love their products and I've been using them for years. And it was like, oh my gosh, they like, this is a dream brand to be able to partner with because I know the products. I love the products. They work. And I'm here to tell you about them. So if you are somebody that is looking for a lower toxin skincare line, Clear Stem falls into that category. They are low slash non-toxic for their skincare, and they have a little bit of body care as well in their line. So you don't have to worry about the ingredients in it. And we that's one thing that I've always been like, I've really tried to not put hormone disrupting ingredients on my body anymore because the research is quite scary. I'm not going to get into all the research, but it's quite scary about what a lot of our beauty products have in them that and how they impact our hormones, our fertility, and even put us in certain cancer risks. So I was like, ah, I want some non-toxic skincare that is actually going to work that I don't have to worry about. So I started using ClearSum a couple of years ago. The other really cool thing, and this is where non-toxic skincare gets tricky because a lot of other non-toxic skincare brands, they will use certain ingredients that aren't toxic, but they are pore cloggers. And I have very large pores. I have oily skin and I'm very acne prone. So it was really like, honestly, it was like pulling teeth to find a non-toxic skincare brand that didn't have this laundry list of ingredients that clogged your pores. And before I even started using ClearStem, they actually have a resource on their website where you can actually copy and paste ingredients from other products you use into their site. And it will tell you which ingredients in there are known to clog your pores, which then causes more breakouts and more oily skin and larger pores and more visible pores. So I had been using that research well before I even started using ClearStem, but that's something that you could definitely go check out your products on that part of their website. And then on top of that, their whole mission is anti-acne and anti-aging. So it's clean ingredients. They actually work, but they also fight acne and wrinkles and help with collagen production. They use stem cells. Um, they use different oils that are really helpful for nourishing your skin. Something I struggled with for a long time was using way too many active ingredients and not enough just helping my skin barrier to, you know, strengthen the skin barrier and just be healthier. Um, and I think I was causing a lot of my own breakouts because I was just breaking down my skin barrier and causing more irritation from trying to kill things off or dry things out so that it would get better. Once I started using their serums and I love their Hydroglow 
stem cell moisturizer. My skin just has a glowy sense to it. I've actually gotten several DMs lately about how glowy my skin has been looking. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. The best compliment ever. And it's just, it's my favorite skincare brand ever. And if you want to try it, you can use code Leslie and it gets you 15% off. So I will link them in the show notes for you to check out their website and see if there's any products that you want to try. You can always message me to see which products I highly recommend. If you're going to try anything at all on their website, let it be the HydroGlow Stem Cell Moisturizer. It's my favorite product on their entire site, but I also love pretty much everything on there. So I hope that you love it and I hope that you try it out. Everybody, I'd like to introduce my husband, Drew. Welcome. Hello. He's a little nervous, guys, so you have to be nice to him in the comments, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we're going to jump into it. So the beginning of this podcast, I talked a lot about different analogies to kind of use with your significant other to ha- try to help explain to them the different phases of your cycle, how your energy differs, because truly we are just such different creatures than biological men, and it's important that they understand it because if you don't explain it to them, they're not going to know that, you know, they just, they see that we have a period and we act crazy like half of the month, but they don't really understand the difference because they don't live through that. So I wanted to bring Drew on today to kind of talk about the male perspective. I've been off birth control for three-ish years now. Um, and so I wanted to bring him on to kind of help you guys to either have this be something that your husband or your boyfriend or your significant other could listen to, or to give you just ways to talk to your significant other from a guy's perspective. So we'll kind of jump into that. So Drew, when I know it was a while ago, three years ago, but back when I first brought up the idea of getting off of birth control, do you remember, were you like nervous? Were you freaked out? Like what were your initial thoughts? Um, yeah, I was a little nervous. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was going to be a, uh, I thought we'd be trying to have kids <laughs> very quick. Um, yeah, nervous. Okay. Yeah, I was a little nervous. I will say, I will give you kudos that you never were like, no. And I appreciate that because mm-hmm. you just kind of like went with it. Um, how was there anything specifically that I did that helped you to not be nervous about it? Uh, explaining that uh, women can only get pregnant a certain amount of days out of the month and not just the entire month because i think all guys think that you just get pregnant as soon as you are not on birth control yeah yeah that was the biggest thing is understanding where you're coming from and the actual how tough it can be to get pregnant yeah that is true did you understand how tough birth control can be on women and how, like, did, was that ever a fact? I know, obviously, I t- teach you more than you probably ever want to know. But did you understand, like, the ramifications birth control had on women? Or was that, like, something totally new to you? I think it was new. I didn't understand it. I understood after the fact with how messed up your hormones can be with the mood swings and everything coming off birth control for a little <laughs> bit. But other than that, I never really thought twice about it. I just thought it was... A normal thing for everybody to be on birth control all the time. Yeah. Do you think that I'm more moody now or when I was on birth control? I think you've calmed down. I've calmed down. Finally. <laughs> um, but for like the first 12 months, you're 
You're pretty crazy. You're good crazy, but she's always crazy. So that is true. I'm just, I am a Libra. Mm -hmm. I am more emotional than most, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and he's an Aries. So if you know, astrology, you know that he's not emotional unless it's anger. Crazy people like love astrology. Well, you know, you just wouldn't get it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, is there anything, because obviously we've been sexually active for the last three years that I've been off of birth control. Is it helpful for you to understand like, okay, Hey, when I give you a heads up and I'm like, Hey, I'm about to ovulate or I'm in my ovulatory zone. Like, do you understand what that means? Does that help you? Or does that still kind of like go over your head? I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. I don't think it goes over my head. Um, I understand what it means now, but I also don't really do anything differently. It's just more of a, at that time you're, you are more on the defense about it. Yeah. You know, like if we're going to do anything, yeah. protection. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think anything's changed. It hasn't been tough at all. Okay. So you're kind of saying that it's more so like you're just taking, I'm taking the lead and you're just following with when I say I'm in certain phases of my cycle and what is okay and what's not okay. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, this is a good question I just thought of. So if somebody has, cause I've had clients that have reached out to me and not known what to do in this situation before they decide I want to get off of birth control but their partner essentially says no, or is like, I don't want you to. How would you suggest that they talk to their partner about that to make, to help them understand the situation better? Right. Um, Number one, it's not just like the guys that are saying that are probably thinking that you can just get pregnant the second you're off of it. Okay. Um, so informing them, teaching them, whatever word you want to use that there's usually only during my ovulation phase that this is the only time that we can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And if we track it correctly, then there will be no issues as long as we're, you know, safe around that time. Okay. I think that's the biggest thing. So you think that in a man that's like telling their partner, no, it's mostly just because they're uneducated on like when someone could get pregnant. Yeah. Let's say most, most guys are, have yeah. no clue. Okay. And do you like, what, how do you think that a woman, if she hasn't even had this conversation with her partner yet, what would be the best way for her to approach her significant other? Because I know a lot of women are actually really nervous to bring this up to their partner mm-hmm. because they're worried what their partner is going to say. So how would you say like that first encounter should go? Like if I were come, I wish I was still on it and I was coming up to you to say that I wanted to get off of it. How do you, what advice would you give me to tell you for the first time? I don't think there's much advice to give other than just do it. Just have the conversation. It's not as scary as you think it might be. Yeah. Talk about it and then have your reasons as to why and reasons as to why you can still be safe. Yeah. You don't need to be scared about it. Yeah. I do have something that you may not, you may find uncomfortable to talk about but it's another thing that's come up when somebody is off of birth control and they want to be sexually active during ovulation, you obviously have to use double protection, AKA condom. And there's guys that, and I mean, for anybody, obviously condoms, not as pleasurable or as comfortable as not using a condom, 
So how would you help women? Because there have been situations where women have come to me and expressed, I'm not on birth control. He's okay with me not being on birth control, but he gets annoyed every time we have sex because I have him use a condom and he wants me to get back on birth control so he doesn't have to use a condom. Why are they having a condom on every time they have sex? Well, during ovulation. Oh, so what? Five, six, seven days? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a, it's not a bad time frame. To, that, to, so you're to, saying that the guy should just man up and get used to it? Yeah. It's only like, you know, once a week or once a month. Yeah. And I think from the woman's side, you should explain that, and especially if they're talking about having kids, that how, if you're not on birth control, that you can actually have kids. And if you're on birth control for too long, you may ruin those chances in the future. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be a conversation as well. Yeah. About like how much birth control impacts a woman's hormones mm -hmm. and just her life. I mean, you guys know if you've been following me for a while, my story was pretty gnarly getting off of birth control. It really messed me up after being on it for so long. So I think having that conversation with your partner of like, okay, taking birth control is going to like severely mess my body up and potentially put us at risk for things and delay us wanting to get, have kids or start a family because it might not be, you might not be able to bounce back the day that you get off of birth control versus manning up and wearing a condom for one week out of the month. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have to say manning up. It's just like a pretty easy thing to do. Just do it two or three times during that week and call it a day, move on. Yeah. But wouldn't you say that if somebody's throwing a fit about that, that they just need to kind of be a little bit more of a man. Yeah. I would say stop being a little payback bitch. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> it's that reminds me of that TikTok audio where it's like when you're gossiping with your husband and then the husband's like, and she's ugly. Mm hmm. All right, shifting gears away from pregnancy and the sex conversation, let's talk more about just the different fluctuations that women have. Because like I gave the analogy earlier in the episode, men wake up feeling the same every single day. They have a 24-hour cycle, whereas we have a 30-ish day cycle, like an entire month. So there's two weeks out of the month where we're just not going to feel our best when we're menstruating and the week before we start menstruating. So Drew, how are ways that like, because obviously when I feel like a crazy person and I feel very irritable, I feel really guilty when I feel that way. After, if, if, I, if I take it out on you, like I don't mean to, but sometimes there's just weeks out of the month where I'm so irritable and like quick to anger or irritation. But then as soon as like you leave the room, I want to cry because I'm like, I feel so bad. I didn't mean to be that way with him, but I like, with where I'm at, everything is pissing me off. Like even my shirt being on the wrong way is making me want to like have a meltdown. So how have you navigated that over the years? Like me going through those changes and like having cert a week out of the month where I feel I'm just like not myself. Um, I don't know. I think you just get better with experience. I don't know if everybody here that's listening into this lives with their uh, significant other yeah. or not. I think that makes it a lot easier because you're around each other more to understand the differences. Um, but other than that, I don't, it's not like I'm dealing with it or figuring out ways to make it easier. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. And 
just give her a hug and buy her flowers and call it a day. Oh, I'm going to start crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I agree, though. It is. And I think one thing that you do is you never make me feel like, like during that time, I sometimes I can't help it that I'm like feeling that way. And then I try my hardest to restrain the anger, the irritability, but sometimes it just comes out. And I think that you do a really good job of making me feel safe when I'm feeling that emotional um, by just giving me a hug or understanding like where I'm at in my cycle instead of making me feel crazy or say, or like, you know where I'm at in my cycle. So you're not going to like start a fight if I'm a little bit irrational. And I think that that helps a lot because you, you just make me feel safe at a time where I need more attention and just, I'm going to be a little bit more needy, Mm -hmm. you know, patience. Yeah. You just need patience. It's pretty easy. You just make, make you think of pasta, (laughs) give it to you and walk away and go do your own thing. And you're happy for the next couple hours. Come back in and check on you. It's pretty <laughs> is, easy, guys. That is true. I will say, I want to give, I'm going to shout out Drew because last two weeks ago when I was on my period, I was just having a really bad cramp day and I was just very emotional and I really wanted him to make um, beef stew in the crock pot, but he didn't have time to do it that morning. And so when he came home from everything he had to do, he came home with multiple options from Cracker Barrel. Was it Cracker Barrel? Mm-hmm. Cracker Barrel that mimicked beef stew since he couldn't make it for me. And he brought home multiple dishes so that I could choose which one actually sounded good. And he brought me flowers and he bought me a Christmas ornament. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you gave me a hug and a kiss and you were like, I love you. And then you left me be and I was the happiest I could be. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, six hours of free time after that little effort I put in? Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to be, I feel like when I'm on my period or about to be like, I want you to lo- give me love and attention but at the same time. I do just like need to be alone because I know I'm like, I'm happy and then I'm crying and then I'm angry and I just need to like read my book and lay on the couch. Mm-hmm. And maybe other guys don't understand that because they don't, if they're not living together. Yeah. If they're not living together, they're not going to understand that. Yeah. So they only are seeing you know, text messages or mm-hmm. what they're hearing on the phone for a brief. Yeah. And they could be amount of time. And yeah, it could be like, okay, this, I haven't seen you in a few days. Why are you acting like this yeah. type thing? Mm-hmm. But I think it's just best to have that communication. Cause we've, you've kind of gotten to, to the point where you kind of know where I'm at in my cycle, but I do try to make an effort to let you know, like, Hey, I'm about to start my period. I don't think I know. No, I'm pretty sure you just tell me. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. She said that a few days ago. This is what this is. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. No, not a not a clue. You don't. Okay. So, with that, let's end on a on a on a fun little quiz for you. Mm. Can you name the phases? Nope. I want you to try. Follicular. Good. Molecular. No. Lenticular. No. <laughs> Lendicular. Did you mean ovulation? No. Okay. I said lenticular. That's a cloud. That's a cloud type. Oh, I thought you were making a dick joke. Nope. Okay. So I, what's the other one? You named follicular? Ovulation. Well, I gave you that one. No, I said that. Okay. So I got them all. <laughs> there's, there's another. There's one more. What's it start with? What letter? L for Leslie. Luteal. Yes. Boom. There you go. What do they mean? Not a clue. You know what ovulation means. Mm-hmm. 
You know what ovulation means. I know what that means. <laughs> That's the only one guys need to know. It's like there's a week and... Well, they should know luteal too because that's going to be when you're not – I'm not feeling good. Yeah, but we don't need to know the name of it. Just like, oh, there's a week of doom coming. And then there's a week of you could get pregnant. And that's about all you need to know. Yeah. Do you have any other things that you would advise the, the listen to less gals? On how to talk to their mans. Or if they're having their mans listen to this, what would you say to the man? Um, it's not that bad. And you just need a little information. Yeah. And you'll be good. You'll be gold. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go, people. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for being here. You know, thanks for having me. This is a wonderful house you have here. <laughs> thanks. Do you like all the Christmas decorations? Mm-hmm. Oh, expensive. Good thing I make a lot of money Mm -hmm. and I buy them all myself. Good for you. (laughs) Strong, independent woman.